Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub. A modern shower conversion. A seamless new wall. All done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter. 35 years of better bath remodels. Matt, what's happening, man? How you doing? Hey, good. How are you, my friend? Awesome, bro. Awesome. Another day of breathing, you know what I'm saying? So trying to embrace it, cherish it while I got it. Absolutely. Boy, something's going on here. There's a whole bunch of, I don't know if you can hear the sirens on your end, whole bunch of uh, fire trucks just went by. Yikes. But uh, yeah, so how are you? So, of course, uh, you are one of the musicians whom I have interviewed. You might be the one person I have interviewed more than any other musician uh, in the history of this show. And, you know, if you combine the history of this show and the other show that I do, um, I think I've probably talked to you more than anybody else. Did you know that? I mean, I don't have your, uh, I don't have your whole history in front of me. (laughs) Well, me neither. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been doing it long enough, so I imagine it's up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known you for well over a decade now. might be like 15 years I've known you. But, uh, yeah, so the last time we talked, I don't remember how long. I mean, it was definitely less than a year ago. It hasn't been too, too long. Uh, but you've always got a lot going on. You're always very busy on your grind, as I believe they say, or something like that. The young people say that, I think. But uh, so you texted me and you said um, something about you've got, a, you've got an announcement you wanted to make. So I'm really curious and intrigued to hear what this is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh Got a new album coming out. Uh, it drops. It drops globally January fourth. But uh, you can get physical copies New Year's Eve. Uh, the album is called Midlife Crisis. Title kind of speaks for itself. You know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, we got a show going on. Uh, you know, down in Concord, New Hampshire, the Grange Hill, uh, the River Hill Grange. Uh, uh, new Year's Eve. Uh, it's album release party. And uh, we got some amazing artists there: Mass Militia, Kinetic, Livid Rhymer, Quincer. Um, and uh, I'll be performing as well. We'll have raffles, games, and everything. And there's also free drinks with the price of admission. So pay 20 bucks, you come in, you get a good show. We'll have raffles, games, you get free alcohol. It's all you can drink. Uh, we don't allow you to be stupid. So if you're one of those people that gets stupid off two beers, well, I guess you're done off two beers. Or you can handle seven, eight beers. Or mixed drinks, we got that too. You know what I'm saying? You can have seven, eight drinks. Drive responsibly, drink responsibly. Yep. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. But uh, So that's that's what we got happening here. Uh, I also got another show, a really big show in February. I can't announce right now, right now. Yeah. Uh, but, but other than that, man, we got some tours. I got a tour coming up next year. Uh, it's going to be good to hit in the road again. This will be my first tour. I've done shows. See, during the pandemic, when everyone was all boxed up and everything, I was still doing shows. It was hard to come by. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was, I did several shows in Indiana. Um, I think we did, I think we did New York funny enough, even though that's one of the crazy states, mm. but um, you know, then we did some other shows. Uh, but there's been some artists on the road this year. Uh, we have not been on the road this year. Um, touring is a big undertaking, you know what I mean? And uh, so I just wasn't sure what was going on in 2021. 
and it's funny. We got this. We got this tour coming up next spring. We should be kicking off in April or May. And it's so funny too because it's like we plotted. We waited out twenty twenty one, and we're like, all right, everything's good. And it's like, oh, we got the Transformer variant, and then the whole stock market crumbles, and everyone's fine. sorry, and everyone's scared, and you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's a thing. Well, uh, so. But, I'm just trying to enjoy life while we got it, you know? Of course, of course. Nothing is guaranteed, so you've got to enjoy what we have while we do have it. Um, by the way, so the show coming up in Concord, what was the venue again? Because I think it was a venue that I didn't recognize. Is that a is it a new place? Uh, River Hill Grange. So um, it's not it's not like a, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a mainstream venue. Like if there's no show happening, the venue isn't open. Okay. You know what I mean? So yes. it's not like a bar that's a bar seven days a week, and some days they have a band. Now this is more of like a an event, and it's a private place. So you can, if there's still tickets available day of, you can come up and pay money. But it's just one of those things. It's a private establishment, so we are able to do this uh, where we bring in the alcohol mm-hmm. and you can drink for free, basically. Uh, you know what I mean? You got to pay twenty dollars to get in. You get a show, drinks, whatever. So these are the kind of shows I like doing. Um, if I had it my way, you know, because Venue shows are cool, and uh, they're obviously a necessary thing as far as, you know, as far as, like, uh, performing for fans and stuff. But the times I've done these types of events where it's a private venue, we bring in our own, we, we set right. the, uh, you know, we set the stage, we set the vibe. You know, I like these a lot more, man, because it's like, it just, it gives, it gives back to the fans. And besides the alcohol, because not everyone drinks. Uh, you know, with these type of things, we're not on time constraints. We don't have to go past because when you do when you do venue shows, they typically they want to go on for a while. You know what I mean? Because right. they want to sell their alcohol and all that. You know, they want to make their money. With these type of shows, you know, we can start this show at you know, the show doors open at seven, music kicks off at eight, so we can kick it off at eight, wrap up at eleven, have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, performances. Uh, you know what I mean? Games and this or that. You know. So I, I guess I'm rambling, but. No, no, not at all. No, the good thing about, um, you know, I used to do a lot of promotion. I used to, um, uh, I haven't in a long time, uh, but, uh, you know, I used to promote a lot of shows. And um, sometimes, you know, at local music venues, like when we used to have the old Uptown Tavern here uh, up the street here in, on uh, Elm Street, I used to do a lot of shows there. But I, I but I did occasionally do shows where, you know, like the, the kind that you're talking about, where, you know, I would be as the promoter, I would be essentially renting the room for the night and so forth. And um, the good thing about that, about that kind of show too, is, you know, the people who are showing up, obviously they're showing up specifically because they want to participate. They want to hear the live music and be in the crowd and do whatever. It's not like, you know how it is when you're in a bar or, uh, you know, you're going to have people in the room in a bar who couldn't care less about what you're doing on stage. They're just there to drink. And some of them are going to be into what you're doing. Some of them you might be able to pull in to what you're doing. Uh, but uh, but a lot of people, you know, who are going to be there at a bar are not interested in the music or the music is just kind of the, the background of the night. So what's cool about this show that you have coming up is, you know, you know you'll have a captive audience. The people that show up at this show, you know, they're going to be there specifically to hear the music. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, there's alcohol too. But uh, but that's not the draw. Like they're going like they would go to any concert. It's it's a real show. Uh, not that playing in a bar is not a real show, but you know what I mean. Obviously, with your experience, you know there's there's certainly a difference there in terms of how captive the audience is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And um, 
you know, for a while I, I didn't really like those shows. And I still it's still not my go-to. But if it's promoted correctly, the type of venue to where you have, you know, your fans. And it's, like, I don't know. I, <clears throat> money's money. At some point, money's money. So, it's like, if people spend $10 to come in, you know, it's, uh, you know, I guess I'm rambling, but it's like money's money. So if, if these casual fans pay $10 to come in and they don't like the music, well, so be it. You know, it is what it is. But <laughs> right, right. Uh, at this stage of my career, let's say there's 90 people, 80 people at this bar. 50 of them are my fans. 40 of them are casuals or 60, 30, somewhere in between there. I tend to find in, I'll bring in those casuals because it'll, my, I don't, but you know what I mean? It is what it is. My fans are already rocking. Mm-hmm. So then they look over there like what's going on. And then, you know what I mean? So, it, I've I've tended to make those work uh, in recent years. You know what I mean? No, that's good, and that is immensely satisfying when you can do that. You know, when you can when you can get people who aren't there to see you, they're just there to have a drink, or maybe they're there to see somebody else, and you're able to really kind of pull them in, pull them into what you're doing, and get them involved and engaged. I mean, that's that's huge. You know, and I've I've seen over the years, I've seen instances or been directly involved in instances where uh, that's been uh able to happen and i've seen i've seen other artists who you know try really hard to do to do that but just can't pull it off <laughs> so but i've seen you live so i i know you know you the, the energy that you put out and so forth it's like you you know you can't help but even if you are there to just have a beer you you can't help but get pulled into what you're doing and you surround yourself and i think it's very smart over the course of your career i've noticed you surround yourself with other artists who bring that same kind of energy and i you know that's it's so important otherwise you know otherwise what's the point you know if you gotta it's like gene simmons once said when you're on stage you're there to kill and uh and that's what you do you know yeah especially in 2021 and beyond i mean it's like you don't even you don't even need a show anymore i mean if we're being honest nowadays with it's like Oh, so and so's at the show. Let's just check their live feed on Facebook, and we'll watch it here because you know they're going to be on their phone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just so bizarre, man. I think um, I think we're in this weird. Uh, I think we're in this weird transition period that hasn't quite transitioned yet. It's sort of like CDs in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Like digitals were there, and they were, you know, the hacking of the, uh, you know, the the LimeWire, Napster, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stuff hasn't quite didn't quite move into the. Uh, I mean, don't quote me; my ears might be off, but it didn't quite go from uh, like the Spotify's and Apple Music's. They didn't really come about for like another seven, eight years, mm-hmm. uh, seven years, six, seven years anyway. And uh, and I feel like that's a transition we're in now, and I don't think it's going to take six, seven years. But I feel like we're in this weird transition period where it's like shows are almost phasing out, and they have to be events almost because like the casual show. I don't know. I don't know if it's the COVID. I don't know if people are over it to begin. I feel like it's just this. It popped. Like when shows started counting back this year, it was just popping. You know what I mean? But then if you look at, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about other artists. But yeah, now yeah. If you look at like other artists or shows by the end of the year. Again, I don't know if it's COVID because now there's more COVID concerns, but yeah. you can see their numbers waning and it's almost like that. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> can't explain it. No, I know what you mean. And I, I wonder about that and I worry about it. And I. I'm kind of glad that I moved into other aspects of the business and now I'm more focused on broadcasting and stuff than I was back when I was an active concert promoter because 
you know, it, it even before the pandemic, uh, technology was was definitely I don't think it's so much, though, that people are staying home and streaming shows instead of going to because you can't replicate the live experience of being at a show. I mean, you yeah, you can watch it. Uh, on your computer, your phone, your iPad, whatever, but there's nothing like being there. But if you're if you're kind of looking at it like, well, I could go, but maybe I'll settle for just watching it and I don't really I'm not motivated enough to go out and really embrace the live experience. You know, that that might be really kind of eating into things, but also too, you know, you're you're not only competing against streaming of live music in terms of, of doing live shows, you're competing against the streaming of live music, but you're also competing against people just streaming other stuff, you know? Uh, oh, well, I could go out and see a show or I could stay home and watch uh, something on Netflix or play video games or, you know, I think it, it's one of the things that's so interesting to me, and I, I think you'll agree with me, uh, you know, about the way the music industry and the live music business and all of it, the way it continues to change and evolve or devolve, depending on your point of view, is um, is to see how much technology enhances certain parts of the business, of the industry, but also how technology may in some ways be a detriment. And because uh, I hear all the time, and I'm sure you do too, uh, you know, I, I hear it from solo artists, hip-hop artists, bands, you know, that uh, it's it's gotten incrementally, especially over the last decade, you know, that's taking COVID out of the equation. Over the last decade, it's just gotten incrementally harder and harder to get people to actually come out to a live show. It was already hard enough to get people to come out for original music, um, but to get people to come out to a live show period um, has just gotten harder and harder and harder. And then even if they're at your show, like you said, they're looking at their phone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's definitely aspects of just like anything I don't like. Uh, you know, boy, at the end of the day, it's like, um, again, before COVID, so I was booked for a festival in Germany and I was going to headline this festival in 2020. Oh, wow, and that wouldn't have happened without the internet, that right. wouldn't have happened without YouTube. Do these things get watered down, diluted? Uh, does it become does it become glamorous at some points because a lot of people uh, fake their numbers? Yeah, I guess. But at the end of the day, you really numbers have been fake since the beginning of time. Like, of course, you know, labels used to go and buy artists' records. Yep. Uh, just to show that the sound scan spikes. So I mean, at the end of the day, you really can't worry about that. You just need to worry about what does what does this tool do for me? YouTube is a tool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Spotify, iTunes, these are all tools at my disposal. And uh, basically, you know, I've toured the country off my own name. I've headlined my own tour. I've been support for large artists. And that stuff would not have been possible without the Internet. You know what I mean? Could I have, if this was 1996, could I have sold 10,000 out of my trunk? I have faith I could have, you know, because I do very well with hand-to-hands. And I, th I think that would have been my, um, you know, probably what's suited best to my strengths. But at the end of the day, I'm here now. This right. isn't 1996. This is a 2021. So right. uh, there's a lot of beautiful things going about. I've had like, uh, I've had people contact me saying my music's helped them get through divorce, stopped them from killing themselves, you know, get them through the, or just a work day wow. or this or that, you know, just, just a couple of days ago, someone, someone just randomly hit me up and was like, 
hey, man, and I, I hate small talk online, but whatever. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> you just got to deal with it. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, he was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I really love your music. Keep it going. And, uh, you know, just that stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. it is what it is, man. There's a lot to not be happy about, I guess. But, you know, you can focus on that all day. It ain't going to get you anywhere. Uh, absolutely. I agree. Right. It's it, definitely the smart thing is to lean into it, embrace it, and, um, you know, exploit the positives of it. You know, and you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't be – I mean, I'm in a terrestrial radio station – um, but were it not for the internet, you know, I would have a very limited range of who was hearing me just within the, the scope of this, uh, FM signal. But because of the internet, you know, we've been able to build for this show, a, a, a national, really an international audience and, and really kind of uh, spread out. And, and it's, uh, it's amazing to me. Um, so the positive, well, let, uh, let me, let me be the questioner for like two seconds. Sure. Do you worry that terrestrial radio will become a thing of the past? No. Um, I mean, one of, one of the interesting things about, about getting older, which, you know, there aren't too many good things about getting older. I wish we could all just stay young forever, but, but there are a few interesting things about it. And one of them is, um, just seeing what technologies, um, fail, what, what technologies eventually end up going away uh, because better technology comes along. And what technologies end up sticking around for longer than anyone thought? Like, just to give you an example, I remember when, I remember cassette tapes, which actually have made a comeback online, like on Bandcamp, which is weird. But uh, I remember um, when I was working, well, yeah, I, you knew me back. I was working at Strawberries. I was working at the Strawberries up in uh, Guilford. I remember you you popped in there once and we were talking um, but we still had cassette tapes. And I remember always marveling at the fact that cassettes hadn't gone away yet because I thought they would have gone away by then. Now, they went away about five years later than I thought they would. They eventually went away. Um, but uh, but they hung around for longer than one would have expected. But then you've got like vinyl. People thought 20 years ago vinyl was done. But now vinyl is, uh, you know, everything gets released on vinyl. You know, all the major label stuff gets released on vinyl. People collect it. People buy it. There's still a big market for vinyl. So it's really interesting to see what technologies people think will be here forever that end up disappearing and what technologies people think are going to go away end up sticking around. But, no, I don't think FM radio is going anywhere. When I was a kid, um, I remember, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm older than, than you are. I think I got about a, a probably more than a decade on you. But when I was a kid, um, everyone thought AM radio was dead. Like, you know, everybody had, was only listening. Everybody I knew was only listening to FM radio and AM radio. There was this weird, annoying whistle sound that you would sometimes hear listening to AM and yeah, it just sounded like crap and it still doesn't sound great. But, um, but here we are decades later, AM radio still exists and it's talk radio. It's political talk radio that really saved it. So, um, so you never really know, and that's one of the interesting well, the thing things. With AM, and I agree, I agree with a lot of what you're saying to a degree. Yeah, yeah. But does, isn't AM radio backed by the government, so it ain't going anywhere regardless? Like, isn't it there strictly for military purposes? No, no. A AM Not strictly, but is it, isn't it? Isn't it based? Because, for instance, I don't know if you know this, every stretch of highway in the United States, you have to have at least one mile of straight ahead in case they have to in case they have to land a military jet. I didn't, so I I didn't the, uh, know that. I thought that. the AM radio was similar. Like, it has to be there in case of times of emergency. 
I don't know. Um, that makes sense in a way because you know they have the emergency broadcast system. Um, I don't know if that I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. You that that does sound right to me though. What you're saying that sounds correct. I think I do remember hearing that or reading that. Um, but people thought it was you know just from a commercial standpoint. People thought AM radio was dead. And it still uh, it still thrives. Some I mean I don't listen to it. I listen to FM or I listen to satellite or podcasts or whatever or streaming in, in the car. Uh, I mean, but I have AM radio on, in the car. But uh, so but yeah. So that was a very long winded way of answering your question. That uh, no, I don't worry about FM radio going anywhere. Yeah, I was just thinking about because you brought it up a few times about how many times we interviewed or this or that, and you know maybe I got the wrong, maybe I got the wrong mindset. You know who knows, you know. But uh, the way I look at it is the difference between what somebody does here and what somebody does there is just more zeros. You know what I mean? So the difference between what I'm doing now and what I did ten years ago is just more zeros. Mm-hmm. I'm still making music, it's just more zeros. So like, uh, you know, I hate to keep bringing it up, but. You know what else I'm thinking? I'm thinking it's going to be like a B- BC, AC, before COVID, after COVID. You know how we have like BCAD now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but either way, before COVID, you know, I was doing more shows. Right. I was making more money per show. I was making more merchandise, hence I was making, selling and making more money off merchandise. Yeah. I was doing more interviews, but at the same time, they were just interviews. So what I'm trying to say is, the difference between me now and 12 years ago or 10, whenever we met. So every time I do an interview with you, if not every time, damn close, I always get messages. Yo, I hear you on the radio, man. I hear you on the radio. So to me, it's like, I'll continue to do this interview. That doesn't mean I won't do other interviews. It's just more zeros. I just do more interviews now. Right. I don't narrow it down to like, I'll only do one interview, but no, it's like, all right, I'm going to take, I'm going to take time here. It's just more zero. So, yeah. uh, and I guess that's just my mindset. It's like, you know, back in the day, I was lucky to get one, maybe two interviews. You know what I mean? Now on this run for the album release party, this will be kind of light because it's, it's local, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll probably only do half a dozen interviews for this particular event and release. But like, let's say I was on tour throughout that entire tour, I'd probably do 60 interviews, 70 interviews, whether it be on the phone or when I get to the city, it's just more zeros, man. And I I think what happens is people, people stop the process. They quit the form. It's like the different, the bench press. If you start out in the gym benching 120, and then years later you bench 300, it's the same form. You just got to keep doing the process. Yes. Yes. That's a really good way of putting it actually. Yeah. Exactly. And you keep going, you know, you, because you're not going to, you're not going to all of us, you're not going to go from 120 to 300 right away, you know? So it's, it's like you said, it's the process. And, um, and I think it's a matter of enjoying the process and embracing the process. You know, people get impatient, people get frustrated, people give up so easily. You know, I've always complained about um, in the music industry, I've, I met, I've met so many people and I'm sure you have too, who, you know, they're, they're very talented and they know that they're talented and they somehow can't figure out why they're not already famous. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they, they, they record something and they get out and they start playing shows and they think that it's supposed to be, you know, there's no such thing as an overnight sensation, but they don't know that. Or they think that they're going to, you know, in this era, 
they think that they're just going to go viral right away because they deserve it because they're so talented. And it's, um, but it's like you said, you know, you gotta, you know, the form doesn't change, but you got to do the work and that's how you get, and that's how you get there. And that's how you get to add those zeros. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. And it comes down to a couple of things. One, I think people are inherently lazy and I think society is making them lazier. That's a whole rabbit hole. That's, that's a two hour interview (laughs) we can do whenever, but I think the way society is structured, I think what's funny is a lot of people, now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of delve off for a quick second. Sure. I think what happens is people think society, a lot of people think society is meant for you to fail, but I don't think that do people fail in society. Absolutely. Do I agree with capitalism 110%? No, I don't. I don't think people should have to starve for others to fly into space. But in the same token, it's like, you know, uh, I think the society is structured with mechanisms for you to get by. Mm-hmm. It isn't for you to maybe flourish. It isn't for you to necessarily, the people are going to fail. Mm-hmm. Some are going to flourish. I think it's just meant for you to get by. And uh, people are just stuck in their comfort zones of air conditioning and mm-hmm. playstations and Hulu streaming and everything is just becoming easier on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to get at is I think a lot of that's in play. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say this, some of the most talented people I've met are the most emotional. So yes, they're talented and yes, they think it should come easy, but that's exacerbated by their emotions. They're so, they're such emotional creatures that when it doesn't go their way, they absolutely just nuke the entire situation. That is an excellent insight. You are, I think you're 100% correct, and I've never thought of it quite that way before. I've never thought about it quite that way before. But yes, you're. now that you mention it, you're, I think you're 100% right about that because I've, I've definitely seen that happen. I've seen that happen many times, but I didn't quite connect it in my mind that way. But you're right. Yes. Uh, people who are they're they're so talented, but they are. They're they're emotional, so you know, they're going to be feeling, you know, whatever whatever it is that they're feeling, they're going to be feeling it very powerfully. So if what they're feeling is frustration that they're not where they think they should, geez, I'll be honest with you, I'm vulnerable to that. I just I'm pretty disciplined about managing it, but you know, I get I get frustrated. Um but uh, yeah, I think you're right, dude. People, emotional people, people who are very talented, they get emotional and they get frustrated with themselves, and then they, and then yeah, and then they just end up tossing the whole thing in the trash and they give up because they couldn't, they couldn't handle, you know, because there's there's a lot of rejection. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Um, in any kind of artistic and creative endeavor, when you're trying to market it to people, when you're trying to get people to buy into what you're doing, whatever it is, whether it's hip hop, whether it's uh, visual art, whether it's doing a radio show, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of criticism. Everybody's a critic, you know, and um, and there's a lot of positive reinforcement, too, if you're able to connect with people. But along the way, you're going to you're going to have a lot of uh, negativity thrown at you. It's, you know, inevitably. And um, and an emotional person 
uh, an overly emotional person isn't going to want to or or be able or have the emotional maturity or the emotional intelligence to be able to deal with that. And then they end up, like you said, they end up nuking the whole thing. I think you're right. You want to hear something funny? I was on tour with this cat, and I'm not going to say his name and or whatever, but he's a famous He's underground famous. He's even mainstream famous to a degree. Like, he used to do write-ups for The Source. Uh, oh. He's been on national television. He had major deals back in the 90s, and he kind of got blackballed in the late 90s, and then in the mid-thousands or aughts or whatever they call him now, he started <laughs> bubbling because he had a hip-hop quotable. Uh, you know what? I'm even I'm narrowing this down too much. People are going to know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> check this out. So I was on tour with this cat, uh, 2014, I think. Don't quote my years. I think it was 14. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, he got his money. I was the, I was the, I was the manager of the tour. So uh, I, show up. I know who you mean. I figured it out. I, sh- <laughs> I show up. <laughs> I got the money. Gave him the cut. Whatever. Everything was good. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of people there. Uh, that might have been the last show that venue did. Uh-huh. But I digress. <laughs> he was just not a set. I mean, when I say not a lot of people there, I mean, this man sells out shows overseas and he even packs clubs in America. So I say that to say this. There was probably, you know, like crowd, but there was enough. There was enough of crowd. But he was so emotional. Back to emotions. This mm. guy is an emotional dude. Like, emotional. I got stories for days, man. <laughs> he literally was out back, and he was like, he was like bitching, you know, you pitching a fit. And then like 10 minutes later, he just said, you know what? That's it. They're not getting my good shirt. So he took his shirt off and put on another shirt. He's like, they're not getting my good shirt. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That's funny. I was like, oh, man, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah, I think I know who that is. I think I know who you're talking about because I think I saw you on that tour. Did you play a show? Did you play? Did you play a show at Hampton Beach on that? Am I thinking of the right tour? No, uh, no. Uh, all right. I might... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to narrow it down any more than what it was. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying yeah, to like. I'm yeah. not trying to crap on the dude. I'm just using him as an example because it's like that's back to emotion. Like, yeah. He's so emotional. Like, check this out. <laughs> he basically had his career all but black. You know, it was back in the 90s when you didn't have a phone where you could go live with your own stories. So whatever the label pushed the narrative was, that's the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all the plugs. They have the connections to the radio and MTV and Fuse and whatever was popping at the time. So in all essence, he was throttled, and he stuck through it and took like a decade of shoveling crap and he finally got his way through so i got nothing but respect for him but sure. just he's such an emotional dude there's more emotional stories i could tell you but it's like the the shirt one just blows me away because it's like <laughs> ah they don't get my good shirt i'm like jeez what's wrong dude it's not that serious <laughs> that's funny that's funny wow wow uh is, is older guy is it it must be right <laughs> We're going to narrow this right down. Well, let me do the math. I just said he was blackballed in the 90s. That's so, true. I mean, okay. He wasn't a kid. I definitely know who it is. Isn't that funny? We're going to narrow this down. So what does his name rhyme with? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, I'll be honest with you. I know who it is, but I, cannot, I can't remember his actual name. 
But I know who Honestly, they... man, like, I don't care. I'll tell you, but like, we're on the radio, so I'm not about to like, put his business out yeah, there yeah. or whatever. T- text me afterwards so I know if I'm right. But I, but I remember him because I remember going to see you. Uh, I was in Hampton Beach, but I did see you on that tour because um, I remember I, – I know who you're talking about. Because you tried to set me up with um, – you tried to, to set me up with an interview with him as well, and he, he just wasn't into it. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, but. yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're talking about – I don't know if you're talking about the same one. But either way, yeah. I yeah. mean, I try setting a lot of things up. And, like, all right, so let me break off of him for a second because I don't want to just keep going off of one person. Yeah. Like, there, like, there's other cats in this business, man. Like, I was on tour with this other dude. Tour brings out – tour, you see it all. Mm-hmm. Because the one-off, it's like whatever. A tour, you're on the road with somebody. So, mm-hmm. like, somebody can only hide who they are for so long. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not saying you need to hide who you are, but, yeah. like, let's say you even try – like, you can only do it for so long if you're on the road with somebody. Yeah. Let alone if you drink. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Gee, this this one guy, this one guy, you know, he thinks he's all that. And we still talk to this day, man, because it is what it is. I don't hold grudges. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm the same. He didn't steal from me. He didn't talk about my mother. He didn't hurt one of my people. Like, it is what it is. Life goes on. We're all drinking. You got in your emotions. That's what happened. But yeah. we're on tour, and there we go. We have a tour stop in New Hampshire, and we kill it. I think we're on tour. I think we're on tour with this particular tour for, like, 32 shows, 41 mm. days, whatever it was, something like that. Yeah. And uh, they're the bigger names. We were on their tour, so... They outdid us. Like, let, let's just say arbitrarily, there was 32 days on this, 32 actual shows. Uh, they outdid us 30 of them. Like, yeah. our performance might have been better, but I'm talking about crowd reaction because, like, yeah. they're primarily their fans. I think we randomly had one spot in the Midwest where we took it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, New Hampshire because this is where we're from. Oh, my God, we kill it. Bah, bah, bah. We come downstairs. We have our drinks or whatever. I guess the crowd didn't respond to him. And I can't say this because we're on FM radio, but he came down here. And he, I don't know how I'm going to word it. He goes, so I'm, he said something else, but I'm going to word it the best I can on radio. He came down. He goes, hey, hey, you ain't the crap. I'm the crap. Okay? You understand this is my tour. This person's the crap. This person's the crap. You ain't the crap. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yo, who hurt you, bro? Like, are you okay? <laughs> I guess he just and, wanted uh, to... Those uh, situations, he just those wa- situations to where, like, if I was more... Well, first off, the New Hampshire spot was, like, a third of the way through the tour, if that. Yeah. So it wasn't like it ended in New Hampshire. Not that I would have anyway, but let's just say it's in the tour and I had more problems with this dude. It's not like it was in the tour. I could blast him and then just go to my home. Like we, <laughs> right. I still got another like twenty eight days, twenty five days on the road with this dude. Yeah, oh, so this go. was early in the tour that this happened. Yeah, so we we're just chopping oh. it was whatever. I was like, oh. dude, what are you talking about? You're, right. and I'm not gonna go down the discussion, but it's like you know, situations like that where it's like, if people could just, if people could just get out of their fields, and I think rappers specifically, man, these rappers are out here, like. I think, honestly, if hip-hop, as a collective, if hip-hop were to drop an album, it'd be called Caught in My Feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think musicians in general, though, tend to be kind of emotional, though. I, I mean, do you think rappers are, are, are worse, particularly? or 
Um, I guess it depends because yeah. obviously this is what I do. So this is yeah. the collective I hang around typically on tour. I don't tour with country artists. Right, right. <laughs> so I can't speak around that. But yeah. Uh, which, which, which is funny cause I'm going to kick it with, uh, members of Anthrax tonight. So I guess I'll let you know. Nice. Uh, really? And, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, so anyway, my, uh, my cousin's band Infinite Sin, they're putting on the show, Granite State Music Hall, Laconi, New Hampshire tonight. If you're into metal, go check it out. Mm-hmm. We got members of like, uh, Shadows Fall and Anthrax. They'll be there and maybe I'm showing my age, but these bands were definitely pretty popular when, uh, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to much metal anymore. I will fully admit it. But, um, so I guess to answer your question, rappers, uh, I'm surrounded around more. So I have, I, I definitely have a bigger data sample, but I guess to put it down in specifics from what I see from bands, bands will work with each other more. They may be more emotional behind closed doors. They may cry about their girlfriends more. They may be more emotional in the essence of the word. Mm-hmm. Rappers are more egotistical with undirected emotions, so if they feel slighted, they just get all feminine. <laughs> wow. Well. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that shirt story is amazing. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> That's fantastic, though. That's fantastic. Is that so? Is that why? Because you, you know, you had a record label for a long time, and you were trying to to work with other artists. Is that part of why you don't do that so much anymore, and you're more focused on your own career? Because these people are just. Kinda... I mean, I still have a collective uh, trauma unit, but um, yeah. To answer the question, without you know, I'm not. I'm not going to throw daggers. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, have you ever tried managing artists? It's yes. borderline a waste of time. <laughs> and when I say borderline, I say it in all the respect in the heart. And I say it as fuck. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I say it as just as genuine as I can be. I try treating it like, like I treat myself as a business, mm-hmm. you know, but when I give directives to other people, like simple tasks, mm-hmm. artists only want to be artists when they're emotional. So we're back to emotions. When I want to, when right. I want to, yeah. well, no, that's not how it works. I need an update on what's going on. These are the, we need to properly hashtag. If we're not properly hashtagging the brand, let alone your own artistic endeavors, this is 2021 to be, you know, at the time I think it was 2019, 2020 and beyond. Like, come on. I don't have yeah. time to teach the basics here and I'm teaching you the basics. Like yeah. Yeah. this, 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 and I'm laying all these ground rules and, you know, I'm not throwing one specific person under the bus or anything and there's absolutely zero hate in my speech it's just reality there's only so many hours in the day and i'm just done stressing myself out for people that only want to do it when it's convenient to them i know far too well exactly what you mean oh absolutely absolutely i've managed a few uh managed a few bands over the years and uh (laughs) trust me i get it i get it yeah And every once in a while, too, someone someone will still approach me about uh, you know managing them, and it's like, well, you know, unless uh, you know, I'm I'm past the point of doing that kind of thing for free, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, unless unless uh, they're gonna make me some money, I mean, not to sound like a jerk, but you know, <laughs> f you pay me, yeah, yeah, for real. Okay, you want to go? I'll even tell you this story. So this just happened a couple months, maybe a couple, like maybe six weeks ago. I don't know. My days run together. Yeah, there was this kid I was trying to mentor. Like, he lives down the street from me. He'd be messaging me. He'd be acting dumb. I thought he was younger than he was. Oh. Because he was messaging, stupid. 
he looked young. I'm like, this kid's probably 20, 21, 22, maybe. Like, he's a young kid. He was still young. He was 24 when I met him, but I was like, oh, Jesus, the way you're acting. So anyway, but he lives down the street from me. I live in the middle of nowhere, and I like it that way. I don't like people to know where I live, my yeah. business. I don't need the... I don't need the shouting out your car when you see me. What up? What up? You know, it's all love. You know what I mean? Like, if I go into the city, like, if I go into Concord or Manchester, someone recognizes me. Yeah, it's all love. But yeah, like, yeah. I just like a quiet life. I don't like small talk. I don't like having to, I don't like having to make up things. Like, yep. Like, when you see me and you ask me questions and you say stuff, you know, it's like, I feel obligated to reciprocate. But then it's like I start reaching for stuff I really don't care about and I'm just feeling dead time. Uh, well, you had, I just saw yeah. you ten days ago. Ain't nothing changed. You know what I mean? I just you, I don't do small talk. Man. You 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 uh, and I have you and I have had that conversation before too. I remember in a previous uh, interview we we talked about that thing because I'm I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. I hate. Well, it's, it's it comes with being. I don't know if you consider yourself an introvert. I'm I'm definitely an introvert, and uh, it it's it's part of being an introvert. Introverts hate small talk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I I, I am. What I am, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I feel like as soon as you label yourself, then you have to abide by whatever facet to this or that. Well, True. If you're Republican, you can't be this. And if you're Democrat, it's like, nah. Well, I do me. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, oh, but yeah. So, so the, the, I might I might be I might be an introvert, but I guess to like bring it to back to the story, we want to talk about emotions. I guess this kid. I'm trying to help him out. Like, he doesn't have money for food, you know, he's, like, broke all the time, so, like, you know, it ain't nothing to me to go out to. I bring him to the bar, you know, we go out, have some wings, have some drinks, and I give him advice. I'd be like, hey, whatever you make a week, set X amount aside. Not only, let's just say long-term, so you have money to attack when it comes time to promote your music or when you need a video done, but just in the essence of if something goes bad, you don't have any money right now, learn to budget better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I'd teach him things like, there's this thing, Music Entrepreneur Club with, Dame Ritter. Dame Ritter is Hobson's ex-manager, and now he's he's managing this guy, Big Ja, who's bubbling pretty big right now in the comedy field. And uh, it's free. It's absolutely free Mondays. You know, you just go in. I haven't done it. I've been thinking. I mean, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, why not? You know, huh. I'm in it for an hour a week, you know? Yeah. You know, rub elbows. Rub elbows with people. And uh, and that's the other thing that I would tell artists, too, is ego is the enemy and never act like something's beneath you. Like, hmm here I am thinking about doing this because Dame Ritter is run by Dame Ritter and DJ Payne One. DJ Payne One's a Grammy winning producer, and I've talked to Dame. Me and Dame Ritter talk. We're not friends, but we've talked. Yeah, and he's well connected, and he has a lot. He has a clear head. He's not emotional, which is why he's a great manager. So, even I was thinking about jumping in there. You know, me and Dame have a little bit of rapport already going, and then I'll see. You know, whatever. Maybe I jump in for a couple weeks as well. I guess what I'm trying to say is this isn't beneath me, right? And this kid thought it was beneath him, and this or that. Oh, really? He wants to do a show. And I'm simply, and then he came up to me, and I'm just simply asking him questions, like just simply asking him questions. I'm not dogging him or nothing. Yeah. But he wanted me to do something, so I had questions to inquire. And I was like, I'm not just going to put my name, this is what I'm thinking in my head, I'm not just going to put my name on something because this kid wants to, wants to have a little afternoon rap session, you know. I want to see what's actually going on with his business inquiry. Mm-hmm. I asked a few questions, the kid started tearing up and almost crying. Oh my God, and, really? Uh, so I dropped the, I dropped the conversation. And then the next day, I wake up to these messages, full-on paragraphs. Yo, man, you don't do nothing, bro. Like, I'm just trying to make stuff happen. I do it for the love. That's what I do it for. That's what music should be for is the love. Ba-da-da-da. It's like, all right, cool, bro. But well, this is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, I can't go to my landlord and be like, hey, bro, 
I do stuff for the love. So like, you <laughs> right, know what I'm right. But um, he went off on a tangent, a full-blown tangent that was just corny. Yeah. And then so I simply replied, this message shows your maturity. So mm. I blocked him. Yeah. Now, younger, a younger me wouldn't have blocked him because that would have felt that would have felt weak. Me at my age, I don't have time to go back and forth. Right. You, if I block you, you can no longer come into my universe and disrupt it. So that's right. what I look at. Before, I looked at it as like hiding, you know, because you get in these riffs in hip-hop all the time. Sure. And when I was younger, 20s, early, mid-20s, you know, I, oh my God, no, that looks weak. No, no, you're not disrupting this. Yep. If I'm working on some music, if I'm in the studio and my phone goes off and I see you messaging more of this bull jive, and I see it, that might change my whole vibe of my, you, you just ruined my day. I'm not going to let you come in my universe and ruin my day again. Yep. So what does this kid do? He goes to a different platform to message me. <laughs> oh, jeez. That should just tell you these kids are so emotional, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is your problem, dude? Wow. I asked you questions. You couldn't, here's somebody who has years of experience. I got this kid on, I got this kid on shows he couldn't get before. Yeah. I brought him down to Mass when I had shows. I put him on shows in New Hampshire. I'm trying to help this kid out. Can you imagine someone going out of their way who has over a decade more experience than you do, putting you in positions you've never been put in before, giving you advice no one else is giving you, and you still spit in the face of that person? I'm not saying you owe me a thank you. I'm not saying you got to buy me a Christmas present. But really, you're going to go disrespect on that level, bro? I think you need to check yourself, man. Oh, dude, I can relate. I can relate with uh, things that have happened recently involving this radio show. Where, like, I'll give someone a platform, I'll have somebody on the show, and uh, and then they'll, you know, I won't get into specific examples, because, you know, the audience already knows it all, but... Um, what is going on with that? Well, there's just, there's, there's people who, you know, uh, they'll come on the show, and then uh, so, for some reason, they they end up, like, they'll make a mistake... You know, whether it's um, someone whose name we don't say anymore, but I now refer to this person as uh, uh, Mr. Claus, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or or other people who, you know, I had somebody in here who was drunk one day and knocking over equipment and it's like, and then I'm the villain for getting upset with them in their mind. You know, just, just people who, you know, I, I invite them on the show and then they find a way to just spit in my face and disrespect me and it's like, you know, after I've given them a platform, you know, so I, I can relate to what you're feeling with that kid. You know, I, I get it, dude. When, when you, when you, you what know, was the, uh, what was the, what was the, uh, origin? Like, what was the origin event? Cause I know who you're talking about and I won't say his name, but like, there was so many back and forth. I know I try not to, I try not to delve on drama. So to, to figure out the origin event, I was going through like so many like chat <laughs> cause I watched him talk and I was like, all right, I'm doing what I try not to do. This is, you know what I mean? But yeah. just between you or me, like what actually happened? I'm not sure we're necessarily talking about because there's been there's been a bunch of them. Are you are you talking about are you talking about crazy? Oh, crazy Joe? Yeah. No, that's a little more that's a little more complicated. I he he calls the show sometimes. I actually don't mind talking to him. No. I thought you guys had beef. He was going off on a tangent about you. Yeah, uh, but I, I still, uh, lately he's been friendly to me, but he thinks I'm going to work with him, which I can't do because I can't have any professional association with the guy. He's too toxic. Um, but, uh, but he's been friendly to me. But he's and he's been nice to Jenny lately. But, but, uh, but now he's mad at other people <laughs> I associate with. But, yeah, that's. Um, 
I'll I'll actually I'll send you a link. Uh, I'll send you something online that that explains the whole thing, <laughs> the whole the whole thing. But um, but yeah, you know, it's just sometimes people just don't appreciate anything. I guess is my point. So I can relate. I can relate to what you're saying. It's bizarre too, man. Because like, not to like focus too heavy on this one topic, but it makes you it makes you not want to help anybody out because for years. I wouldn't necessarily get spit in my face. People just wouldn't capitalize on the opportunities I'd give them, or they would, or they would think my work, my efforts were expected. So it'd be that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But as far as this full blown spit in my face, it's probably only happened a few times, and I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah, like, dude, like, what kind of venom is in your heart? And also, you know what's even funnier with that? It almost makes you think, what was their agenda to begin with? You know what I mean? Like, were you en- were you an enemy? behind lines you know what i mean right right yeah i know i i think um honestly i think some people are just severely mentally ill and self-destructive and they just can't help themselves i i think i think some people just you know you you extend a hand an olive branch and they just you know they they appreciate it in in the beginning but then they just can't help but Maybe it's because there's something inside of them where they feel like deep down, they feel like they don't really deserve the help or something like they're not worthy of help. So they have to find some way to sabotage the whole thing. You know, the psycho well, we live in the oppressed Olympics, so it makes sense. Well, there is that. But the psychology of it, I, th- I think there's just something I think some people are just naturally self-destructive. They, you know, they make some progress. Somebody believes in them. And then they they have to find a way to just wreck the whole thing. You know, I think that's where a fear of success comes from. You know, people are afraid to fail. Some people are afraid to succeed and they'll they'll start to succeed at something and then they'll self-destruct. Or like you said, you know, these rappers who are so emotional and they end up nuking the whole thing because something happens and they can't handle it. I think some people just can't help but self-destruct. You know, they have a great opportunity. Somebody extends a hand and. And uh, they got to figure out some way to sabotage the whole thing. You know, I used to run into when I was a, a manager, you know, when I was a retail manager, like, you know, like I used to manage strawberries and FYE, like um, I would have employees who, you know, I was always a pretty nice boss. You know, I mean, I wasn't a pushover, but, you know, I expected people to do a good job, but I was always nice. I was never like a mean, angry boss. You know, I was I was pretty nice to people and. You know, I would treat them the way I would want to be treated. You know, I always had good bosses at that company, so I tried to be a good boss. But some people, man, it's like you're a good boss, and instead of appreciating it, they go, it's like something in their mind says, oh, Matt's a really good boss. I'm really lucky to have such a nice boss. I got to find some way to make sure that not only do I not appreciate him being such a nice boss, I need to make him hate me and regret that he ever hired me. <laughs> and and why why some people have well, to do that, well, I, I don't know. You but. are you, you could be correct on certain individuals, and your experience is yours, mine is mine. So yeah, I think you could be correct in a certain uh, percentage, so I don't want to dismiss it. But I'd say in my experience, I just think give an inch, take a mile. I think yep. people will... People are just wired to find the path of least resistance. Yeah. So if you if you're not a raging dick, like if you're a raging dick, they know where the bar stands. 
Right. If you let, because I'm in the same boat as you. I don't like to yell at people, and if you make me yell, you know, whatever. But yeah, if you're if you're like, you know, if they think they can get one over, they're just gonna keep with. People are just filthy creatures, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that out there. That's for sure. Well, listen, uh, my friend, it is wonderful to talk to you. We got to um, we got to uh, get to our next segment. We've been talking a long time. Not that I mind. It's it's great to hear from you. We should we should actually do this more often. But um, please, a uh, couple things. Please remind everybody you've got the new album coming out. You've got the big show uh, coming up uh, New Year's Eve in Concord. Uh, g- give us all and and of course your you know whatever you want us to know about social media where people can find you and whatnot. Please uh, remind us of uh, all of that if you would. Yeah, yeah, for sure. New album, Midlife Crisis, drops January 4th. It can be available. You can grab the physical copy if that's still your thing. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we have an album release show at River Hill Grange in Concord, New Hampshire. Free alcohol with the price of admissions. It will be games, raffles, uh, as well as amazing performances from myself, Kinetic, Mass Militia, Livid Riber, and Quincer. Just a, just a stacked lineup, great music. Um, just come down and say what up, man. You know what I'm saying? New Year's Eve. Uh, you don't know how many more of these we're going to have. Let's uh, let's be grateful to live one more, man. So come on out. You can get merchandise at kdaver.com. Merchandise will be available at the show. I'll be on tour next year. Um, other other stuff in the works I can't quite announce yet. And, uh, yeah, man, let's just keep it moving, stay grooving, and, you know, be happy to be alive and make it happen. Absolutely. Well, that's good advice. That's very good advice. All right, my friend, I am always uh, so happy to talk to you and uh, great to see, you know, you just keep going, you keep progressing and evolving and doing lots of great stuff. And, uh, you know, good luck with that show and with the new album. And uh, I I can't wait to hear it. And um, uh, great to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for spending this time with us today. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right, Kay Daver. You got it, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.